Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation and is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. We invite you to learn more by visiting healthcareexperience.org. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Healthcare Experience Matters. Today, we have with us Katrina Coleman. She's a leadership and engagement strategist with Maryland Healthcare Education Institute, MHEI. Katrina has joined us previously on the podcast for a very popular episode about gratitude. And today we will be discussing emotional exhaustion. So before I start asking questions, Katrina, please just remind us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Thanks, Casey. And thank you for having me back. Um, My background is in nursing. I was that little kid that got a nurse's kit for Christmas one year, and that was it. It's all I ever wanted to be. It's all I ever wanted to do was be a nurse. So the healthcare industry is the only industry I've ever known. And I was never disillusioned in healthcare until I got my master's degree in nursing administration, walked into leadership, and quickly developed and realized that when you're good at your job, you're an exemplary employee, a great nurse, and you get promoted into leadership, what makes you great at your art, your craft, your discipline doesn't necessarily translate to leadership. Leading people is a different skill set. So I moved into leadership development. I've been with the Maryland Healthcare Education Institute for over 10 years. And personally, my why My why is about building the capacity for courage, for confidence, and for competence. And that's a little bit about my background. And I would encourage anybody who hasn't listened yet to go back and listen to our first episode together about gratitude. And I'll link to that in today's podcast description. So you'll be able to check it out after you're done listening to today's talk on emotional exhaustion. So I'm just curious. What is it? How would you define it? Is this a long-term condition or is this something that can be nipped in the bud relatively quickly? Well, before the pandemic, Casey, we talked a lot about stress and burnout in healthcare. And then throughout the pandemic to today, it's about emotional exhaustion. And that is just a state of feeling worn out and you're just drained of all emotion. And it's a result of accumulated stress from your personal life, your work life, and in most cases, a combination of both those things. In fact, emotional exhaustion is one of the signs of burnout. The World Health Organization defines burnout as having three different dimensions. The very first dimension is emotional exhaustion. The second dimension of burnout is disengagement, where you just mentally distance yourself from your job and you're feeling negative and you're cynical. And the third dimension of burnout is that reduced professional efficacy. You just don't believe you're good at your job anymore and what you're about and who you are. And so emotional exhaustion is a key to burnout. And it's just that feeling of being depleted. I have nothing left in the tank. And what we hear is we talk to healthcare providers and they talk about emotional exhaustion, whether they label it that way or not. That one of the themes is people feel trapped. Our healthcare workers feel trapped or stuck, and they have little control over what's happening in their work environment, in their workplace. 
Okay, that's interesting because I never realized that it was known as the first sign of burnout. So it's kind of like, okay, this is an early indicator that things are headed in the wrong direction. Correct. Absolutely. What are some more symptoms of emotional exhaustion so people can be more aware when they're experiencing it? When you think about um, the symptoms of emotional exhaustion and you're doing some reflection to see where you are with emotional exhaustion, start with those emotional symptoms. Are you feeling anxious, depressed, hopeless, helpless, that trapped, irritability, nervousness, almost tearful? There are emotional symptoms of being emotionally exhausted. There are also the physical symptoms fatigue. We hear a lot of, I'm just, I have no energy, that depletion, fatigue, headaches, lack of appetite, almost like a brain fog where I can't concentrate, insomnia. And then of course, there's symptoms that come out in your performance, in your job. Um, You again, are that disengaged. You have that lower commitment, investment in your organization Um, more absences. You just don't have it in you to get up and go back and face that again today at work. And we just perform more slowly. And our personal best is not the same as it was prior to the pandemic. So it's not just one category of symptoms. Look at it holistically. If you're doing some reflection and thinking about where am I with emotional exhaustion, think emotionally, physically, your performance. How can this chronic stressed out state known as emotional exhaustion actually manifest to damage to our health and our well-being and our physical health? Um, Chronic stress, that affects our immune system. It affects our heart, our metabolism, our overall well-being. So over time, you may see a change in your blood pressure, high blood pressure, suppressed immunosystem. So you have frequent colds, infections, weight gain anxiety, depression, premature aging, it has a negative impact on our physical bodies. Yeah, those sound like serious consequences, but couldn't they just be a symptom of something else? How do we know it's tied to emotional exhaustion? Oh, so great question. So not everybody who um, has, is emotionally exhausted is going to have issues with their blood pressure. It's a multi-causal factor that goes into it. It makes us vulnerable to those areas where we were already susceptible. If our immune system is compromised and then we're emotionally exhausted, lay that on that, then we're even more vulnerable. Same with blood pressure, weight gain, insomnia. So it's an area of our life that's going to be affected where we were vulnerable in the first place. So not everyone's going to experience those, but it is going to have, there's no way long-term emotional exhaustion is not going to play out in our bodies. Oh, wow. Thanks for clarifying that. Makes more sense to me now. Would you classify emotional exhaustion as permanent? Why or why not? Oh my gosh, that is a good question. The feelings of emotional exhaustion, those emotional signs and symptoms that we talked about, that anxiety, nervousness, loneliness, depression, those are not permanent. Um, Those are going to pass. They're in the moment. The physical symptoms that we talked about, the high blood pressure, the weight gain, anxiety, et cetera, those things are more, have a more longer impact, a lasting impact. Not that they can't be reversed, but it's going to take me longer to get that blood pressure back to my normal pre pandemic, pre emotional exhaustion baseline 
than it will dealing with the feelings. So the feelings we can deal with in the short term, the physical impact is more of a long term, but nothing's forever. These things can be reversed. The key with emotional exhaustion is it's not going to reverse on its own. With, with burnout and stress, part of that situational, the situation changes, my stress level decreases. With emotional exhaustion, we actually have to do something to help reverse that. It does not just reverse on its own. And some of the things to think about if you're someone listening and you're struggling with that emotional exhaustion is be thinking about the things in your life, personal and in your work life, that you do have some control and influence over. If you remember, one of the things we talked about was feeling trapped, feeling helpless and hopeless. We come across so many healthcare workers who are trapped in thinking about and focusing their energy on things they can't control. I can't control the number of people coming through the ED. I can't control what's happening with PPE or the CDC and regulations. What is it in the day-to-day moment I can control? What is it I can influence? Those are the things to focus on to help replenish your emotions, to help defeat that emotional exhaustion, to realize there are things you can control. There are things you can influence. Um, And I did have somebody just share a really good thought the other day as I was struggling with some negative emotions. And they reminded me, that a day is made up of so many moments. It's the moments that make up a day. Not every moment and every day is negative. What are those positive emotions? What are those moments that I do control, those moments I do influence? Focus on those. You know, at the heart of so many different support groups is the notion that we are not alone. So if someone is experiencing emotional exhaustion, why might it be important for them to remember that they are not alone? Well, oh my gosh, Casey, so many studies have shown that social support can actually serve as a protective barrier to emotional exhaustion. It gives you that, it's a protective factor, a barrier. Connecting with peers, colleagues, friends, families, it increases that sense of solidarity and it reduces emotional exhaustion. You know, some of the benefits of that connection are it, that improves our ability to cope with stressful situations. It actually promotes mental health. It enhances self-esteem when I'm connecting to my tribe or a group of people. And when we said that some of the physical symptoms lead to the heart disease When we connect with people, it actually lowers blood pressure. It lowers cardiovascular risk. It helps to promote that healthy lifestyle. So as human beings, we are built and made for connection. When we are emotionally exhausted, one of the things we may tend to do is pull inward and isolate. And that's one of the worst things we can do when we don't feel like we have the energy to connect, to pick up that phone, to reach out to someone. That's when we need it more than ever. Well said. I want to get your personal opinion here. Why do you think emotional exhaustion is so prevalent in healthcare-related jobs? Oh my gosh. The recent pandemic highlighted the stress that healthcare workers regularly operate on prior to the pandemic. 
And the pandemic just exacerbated the situation and put into place so many barriers that healthcare workers are saying they can't provide the quality of care they want to because of the pandemic. So you add on to that being that unpredictable COVID pandemic. Now we have coworkers that are out with being positive with Omicron. We sometimes we have empty beds because we don't have staff to fill those beds. When we can't have visitors, we're standing in that gap of being that patient's family member. Um, we might be the only connection, as we're human beings made for connection, that that patient has because they can't have family members at the bedside. So healthcare prior to the pandemic was one of the most stress-filled, high-level burnout jobs that there can be. You lay the pandemic on there, and it just exacerbates it. I had a really interesting conversation with a dear friend who's a physical therapist in a skilled nursing facility. And she was saying to me, she cannot afford to get sick. She is isolating herself, not doing things with friends because she does not want to become COVID positive. And so she's balancing that. How do I keep that connection, build my emotional exhaustion and not become so sick? I can't go to work. And when I said to her, that's not, why do you feel that weight? And she says, I can't let my patients down. We have so many coworkers out, sick, turnover, empty positions. She's feeling the weight of responsibility of the care for her patients. And she's one of thousands, if not millions of healthcare workers who have that same feeling. And we have discussed a pretty fair amount on this podcast about the great resignation happening in healthcare and really all jobs throughout mm -hmm. the yeah, throughout the employment sector of the economy. So, do you think there's any connection to a great resignation in healthcare going on and emotional exhaustion? Oh my gosh, yes. As you said, workers in general, um they've begun we've begun to question the trade-off that we can make between employment, my job, and my quality of life. That's in general in all industries. And healthcare workers are now evaluating that need for self-care and mental health. And how do I place that above job growth or my career path? And as the lingering COVID pandemic, is that places unprecedented stress on the healthcare workers? Um, the data, the turnover rates are showing we are in the middle of a wave of turnover in healthcare workers. And it is directly correlated to that emotional exhaustion. Research has shown the top three factors for leaving a healthcare position. Number one, burnout. There's that first dimension of burnout is emotional exhaustion. Number two is that lack of work-life balance. And three is looking for better benefits. So yes, that emotional exhaustion is directly correlated with the great resignation. And I just recently read some data that makes all of us a little nervous. One in five healthcare workers have quit their job since February, 2020. One in five. There was a recent study from the American Medical Association that showed one in five physicians and two in five nurses intend to leave within two years. Think about the expertise that's leaving. Think about the knowledge that's leaving. 
And so I am, for those left behind, I am at the bedside and we're bringing in staff when and how we can find them who don't, where's the knowledge gone? How do I orient? How do I train? How do I share? There's a depletion in expertise and knowledge as well. Um, And so once again, yes, emotional exhaustion is correlated with that great resignation. And I just want to know if there's anything else we didn't cover on this topic. Was there anything else, Katrina, you had had for us today? Well, I can't leave without saying, all right, what do I do about it? If you're listening to the podcast and you are relating to anything that we're sharing when it comes to being emotionally exhausted, please practice some self-compassion. Be gracious with yourself. Um, The three things I can say to you are watch your nutrition. I know I struggle with it too. What am I putting in my mouth? What am I eating? Am I moving my body? Am I getting enough sleep? Diet, movement, sleep, connect with other people, avoid that isolation, use some stress reduction, meditation, yoga, whatever has worked for you in the past. Just practice that self-compassion and be gracious with yourself. Emotional exhaustion can be reversed and you can thrive again. It won't be reversed without action on your part. I want to thank our guest today, Katrina Coleman. Katrina is a leadership and engagement strategist with Maryland Healthcare Education Institute. This was another amazing episode, maybe one that folks might want to listen to a couple times because there was a lot of great information in there. Katrina, thank you again. You are welcome. Thank you, Casey. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.